Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and how is everybody this week? Sorry, there is a noisy pop-up in the background. <laughs> Just having a bit of a back scratch on his bed. Um, so I might have to re-record this. Yes, so hopefully you've had a fantastic week. Um, it's been quite an exciting week here at Psyche Podcast HQ. Uh, so we've had a bonus episode came out Monday. Announcing some of the exciting projects we have going on. So we have our hashtag joyful journey challenge that will be running through December and also our 12 week transformational program that will be launching for the first kind of coach program in the new year. Um, But people will be able to pre-register for that soon. So that's all very exciting. Other than that, this week has been quite busy. So it's been back to school after half term uh, which is always a bit of a shock to the system going um you know from having a week off ish um because you know I still had lots of other things on but you know going back into um that routine and obviously quite a busy half term so quite a busy week in that way um I've really um this week been thinking about my morning and evening routine and I think I've had quite a few um podcast interviews now which is really exciting that we're having some really great guests on for you to hear from and I'm always really inspired uh, from the guests that we have on and their ideas and the things that they do and so one thing I've been really thinking about is my own morning routine and after speaking to Mackenzie who's today's guest who we'll hear from soon um, I've really, yeah, I've been thinking particularly about nutrition in a a more nurturing myself focused way. And, you know, one of the things I've been doing is thinking about my physical health, thinking about my mental health, spiritual health, but my nutritional health sort of been on the back burner a little bit. Um, not in a, I guess, not in a completely negative way, just it hasn't had as much focus as the other aspects of my life. So this week I've really been thinking about making choices that are nutritional and nurturing but also very practical. So I don't know if you are a fan of overnight oats um, but I'm going to rave about them for a little bit because it's something that's takes a little only a very little bit of organization and actually I find that it just really sets me up from the for the morning because I don't have to think about what I'm having for breakfast. I don't have to do much prep in the morning. And as you know, sleep is um, my number one priority um, or CrossFit. So, um, you know, I don't have a lot of time in the morning to spend making something for breakfast. Uh, So I make overnight oats, overnight oats, trying to enunciate properly. Uh, So I have um, a little pot. I put in half a cup of oats and a cup of milk and you can do it with any milk of your choice and I always add in some cinnamon, some nutmeg, a splash of maple syrup for some more natural sweetener. I also have some cacao nibs I put in and some chia seeds although at the moment I don't have any chia seeds but I have some milled chia so I I put that in, mix it all up, leave it overnight 
And then in the morning, I top it with some nuts, um, any type of nuts. It's been almonds this week. And then some fruit. And I love it with berries this week. I've been on bananas. It's minimal prep in the evening, minimal prep in the morning. You just need to chop a banana or some fruit, throw them on top, put the lid back on and go. And then quite often what what I'll do is eat it possibly at my desk because I, I like to have it a bit more room temperature. And I'm not always necessarily hungry hungry first thing it's often like a little bit more mid-morning so part of I guess this intuitive eating is eating a bit more when I need it or my body needs it rather than just eating just because yeah the time says I should yeah I love overnight oats I just sort of got out of the habit of making them but was feeling really inspired from the chat you're going to listen to in a moment with Mackenzie and just generally thinking about all the changes I'm making in other arenas of my life in terms of you know looking after myself and my well-being and thinking I needed to sort of kick my nutrition up a little bit just to have that full holistic well-being approach. I've also been really thinking about how much water I drink and hydrating because I'm notoriously bad at that. Um, I just drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, so I've been increase my water I've been trying to get my sleep um a bit more under control with mixed results it's an ongoing thing but I'm being much more aware of it um and I also this is not sponsored this isn't a plug but I am trying to get into journaling and I feel that if it's just too open I I don't know just not really that focused when I'm doing it and then, you know, I tried to do bullet journals. I just didn't really have time to draw them up and I wanted to have a bit more structure. Uh, so I thought about pulling my own together. And then I thought, you know, I'll try one that that's maybe more of what I'm looking for. And I've got something called the Six Minute Journal. I think it's called that. <laughs> uh, six Minute Diary. Six Minute Diary, um, which I've started using this week. And it has about three minutes of things to do in the morning three minutes in the evening um and then weekly it has some questions and I've only done one week of it um but I have done it every morning and evening so far and actually it's just such a nice addition to my morning routine uh so it's getting me to sit and think about gratitude think about setting an intention uh it has some inspirational quotes in and then in the evening it's thinking about what was good that day thinking about good deeds thinking about what you can do to improve or be better the next day, that kind of thing. But it's very much, you know, you can use the prompts how you want, but gratitude is something that I've, I think I've touched on before and I know Mackenzie definitely talks about in this episode. Um, and I think also recognising good things in the day. And even if you've had a day that, you know, you're sort of thinking has been rubbish, actually there will have been some things in it that you can recognise as being a good day. And it's all about that mindset shift. So that is something that I've been adding into my morning and evening routine. Yeah, to really help me with my mindset shift because I'm not <laughs> perfect. I have not completely mastered my mindset. You know, we all have days, times when life gets in the way, things get a bit hectic and we get back into those automatic patterns, don't we? And those habits and something that has taken 30 years to put in place isn't just broken overnight you know it takes 
you know, it takes time to change patterns and to, and to change habits. And that's you know, part of what we're all about is that learning how to shift your mindset, learning how to make that lasting change. And that's been my week, basically. And actually, do you know what? Although it's been quite a busy week, I feel really good. I feel very present. I feel, I don't know, grounded. I feel optimistic. Um, and I feel really, really excited about what is coming about you know the future of psyche about my future about yeah just optimistic excited all those kind of good things um also I'm recording this on Sunday and I had a bit of a lie in today so I'm feeling quite refreshed um which is nice and you know definitely um, a bit of a mood boost so that's my week. Hope you have also had a fantastic week. And I'm really excited to introduce this week's podcast where I had a chat with Mackenzie Costley, who is, yeah, I've sort of hinted at, uh, focused in that kind of nutrition and well-being field. And she'll introduce herself in the episode. But I think our relationship with food can be so complex, can't it? It's something we need it to survive, but it has so many emotional triggers or, or you know emotional aspects to it how we eat what we eat all that kind of stuff I think it is quite often for people a a big issue in many ways and we can become very very obsessed with it um and so Mackenzie's all about that kind of freedom from that and I think probably we have all been on a diet at some point we've all had that mindset um that might be it's kind of sweeping generalization but I think you know, I know most people in my, cir- my circle at some point in their life will have had that experience. So I think it is a really important topic for us to be talking about. And I really hope that you find this episode interesting and informative and um, enjoyable. So let's just dive into it. Hi, Mackenzie. Thank you for joining us on the Psyche podcast. Do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes, of course. I'm so pumped to be here. My name is Mackenzie Costley, and I'm a diet freedom and lifestyle transformation coach. So I work a little bit differently in the health and wellness space where I actually help women stop dieting. So I'm basically telling women to do the exact opposite of what they've spent their entire life doing. So it's a very fulfilling thing that I'm able to help women actually overcome and achieve. And that's truly a sense of self-worth and really building their confidence up because when they do that, so many things change for their life and it just, everything just seems to get better for them. So that's me and that's what I do. Amazing. And uh, how did you get into this diet transformation coaching? Yeah. So my own journey started about five to six years ago and I went through a really tough period of my life. I was 22 and I moved 800 miles away from my family and friends to Illinois with my fiance at the time. We got married. And then a year later, I found myself going through a divorce and I felt completely blindsided. I had really no idea that it was coming. Um, And really after that, I dealt with a lot of issues regarding my own confidence and my own self-worth. And it was also at the height of my fitness and health journey. So before I knew it, I was completely consumed by health, nutrition, dieting, I was spending two hours a day at the gym because I fell into that comparison trap. I was on social media and I saw all of these women who had these amazing bodies 
And they also had the great relationships, the amazing friendships. They were traveling. They were happy. I thought that if I had that, if I had that body, then I would ultimately have all of these other great things that they had. So again, I just became so consumed. I really focused on the nutrition piece because one, I knew my nutrition definitely lacked. And that's something, you know, just through childhood, I did not have the best diet. I lived off potato chips. I love candy. So I was like, I am so deficient in vitamins and minerals. I can't even remember the last time I had a vegetable. So I was just really, truly intrigued in that for myself. So I actually got certified in nutrition. And then that's when I really started to help other women. And it wasn't really until the last few years that I realized that, you know, dieting isn't the answer. And it actually truly spun me into a much deeper depression than I was when I started. Okay. So with the social media, and this is something that I found kind of getting more into coaching and using social media as a way of trying to promote what I'm what I'm doing. And I think there is this movement on Instagram that's very health conscious. But how much do you think that seeing these um, possible role models who are very healthy and feeds into that comparison cycle? Because you have people who seem to be you know, living the life and they look fantastic. They look really healthy. How much do you think that's actually having a negative impact rather than spreading the kind of health message? Yeah, I just want to remind everyone that everyone's posting their highlight reel. People are mm-hmm. consciously posting what they want other people to see. And I think a lot of the times that's to boost their own confidence and to boost their own morale. Um, a lot of people right now, they crave the likes. They cla- they crave the attention from these posts that they do. And that's all it is. It's more for their own validation. And again, that's going back to seeking external validation um, just from other people. But in terms of having a more negative impact, I definitely agree because social media is so readily available. We have it at our hands all day, 24-7. Whenever we need it, we can just pick up our phone and it's right there in front of us. It's not like we have to go to a store and pick up a magazine anymore. Um, It's not, you know, the billboards on the street. We have it in our house all the time. And if you're not conscious about it, it can, it can for sure negatively affect you. Yeah, absolutely. And so you said you got into um, depression with everything you were seeing and experiencing. So how did you get yourself out of that? And how did you get to the, the place you're at now where you can spread this positive message to other people? Yeah, so I will touch more on, I guess, the depression piece just to add more clarity. Um, I dove into the health and nutrition all of that because I felt like I was genuinely interested in it. But then I allowed the numbers to consume me. And I was constantly tracking my calories, my macros, I was again, hitting the gym for two hours a day, and it truly just became obsessive. And I've never really had like total transparency, I had never had any body issues before. I've always been in a healthy range. I've never been underweight, I've never been overweight. However, in that point in my life, I had disordered eating. And then I also had body dysmorphia. So I would stand in front of the mirror. And all I could see is the things that I wanted to fix about myself, the things that weren't perfect, the things that weren't where I wanted them to be. And that really caused the depression because I was spending so much time, so much energy, really trying to 
get this dream physique body that my quality of life truly suffered. I wasn't able to go out to eat with my friends. I would stay home instead. And that really isolated me. I was lonely. And that's really where a lot of the depression really came in because I had goals. And again, it goes back to that social media. I was doing what people were saying. I was counting calories, tracking the macros, going to the gym. I, I knew I had a goal and I knew that if I wanted to achieve this goal, that I would, it would, it would suck. Like I would have to go through this. I would have to be different than everyone else. And I had to stay true to what it is that I actually wanted. However, with that said, no one talks about the emotional and mental aspect of that and how truly depressing it can be. And in terms of me actually getting to where I am now, I dove heavily into personal development and it really began with a lot of the different books I'm constantly reading. And from there, it went to podcasts, which I listen to every single day. I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't listen to a podcast. So I'm constantly not only fueling my brain with that type of information, but I'm making sure that I'm actually surrounding myself with these positive people. You know, you are the average of the five people you spend your most time around. So that that counts social media. <laughs> that totally counts yeah. the people that you follow on social media. So make sure that your feed and what you're seeing actually aligns with where you want to go. If you're friends with people who are going out constantly drinking and partying and then posting about their hangover the next day, ask yourself, is that truly the life that I see for myself or am I trying to get somewhere else? So I just truly encourage everyone to be conscious of who you have in your life, either in real life or on social media, because like I said, it is always just right here. I got my phone. <laughs> it's right next to me. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, I absolutely get the book thing and the podcasting because I'm always reading and always listening to podcasts. And I like to, if I'm driving, listen to a podcast, if I'm working and if I can listen to a podcast and sometimes I zone out but I feel like a lot of it I'm absorbing and the, and you know someone will say something yeah something interesting about what you just said is even when you're driving you're listening to podcasts and I can relate to that as well I I love rap music I used to listen to it all of the time and then I want to say it was probably about eight to ten months ago I was listening to some song and I'm like why am I listening to this song? Because it's seriously degrading women and talking about other things that I'm not going to mention, but it's like, I'm subconsciously picking this, this language up. That's not in alignment with where I'm trying to go right now. So totally understand yeah. listening to podcasts all the time. I work out and I listen to podcasts. I think that's kind of weird sometimes when I think about it, but I'm just constantly just getting those downloads. Yeah. Yeah. I think music is such a big part of kind of culture and of our lives. And sometimes we're listening to stuff, but we're not really thinking about the lyrics. And to let you say, sometimes the lyrics, when you actually listen to them, are, you know, awfully degrading or just nonsense. There's a song, um, not that I want to sort of shade any songs, but what's it called? Gucci Gang or something. And it's just literally mm -hmm. saying like Gucci Gang over and over again. And yeah. I like music where you get, I don't know, some kind of... Um, positive feeling from it or sometimes something that's really moving but sad that can be really good if you're you know if you're in that headspace I find listening to sad music can help kind of experience those emotions a bit but, oh yeah absolutely yeah. and in terms of going after your goals and especially in the fitness and the wellness space a lot of times people say they don't have enough time 
they don't have enough time. There's not enough time in the day. They're so busy already, but you know, you're driving down the road. Are you listening to music? Would it hurt to put on an audiobook or maybe a podcast? Because like, like you mentioned, you know, you never know when that just that little nugget that's truly just going to change your life. All you need is that that small little thing. And that's going to literally change everything. Your insight's going to change. And not only does that affect you, but it ripple effects to the people in your lives as well. Absolutely. And I, I find it quite interesting sometimes that you can hear kind of the same thing several different times, but suddenly someone will say it in a particular way and it just clicks. And that was just exactly the way you needed to hear it for it to resonate with you, for you to sort of make changes or really absorb that message. I totally agree. So, um, and so how much do you think, because I know there's a lot of um, movement still on social media, I guess, but about body positivity. Um, so how much do you feel like we're moving away from this obsessive needs to be perfect and you know be a certain way do you feel that there's positive movement in that area I think that everyone should love themselves wholeheartedly internally I want people to be so in love and so excited about their life and who they are as a person and you know that does mean your body your body provides so much for you that you take for granted every single day and to be able to love and accept that as it is, is just truly remarkable, remarkable because I just want to speak to mothers. A lot of mothers go through this time in their life after they have these children and, you know, now they have a whole bunch of other responsibilities and yet they look at their body and they're like, man, this is not what it was before this kid. And they really mm -hmm. struggle with that and they really struggle with their body image, but I need the moms to know, like, you did magic. <laughs> you did it the mm -hmm. most. It's a miracle. Your body provided life. So even though it might not look like it did nine months ago or a year ago, something magical happened there. And you should be able to be grateful for that. And also, truly, you can acknowledge yourself also that you're not where you want to be and know that that's okay. There's no one way that this looks. And there's no one way that diet, nutrition, health, there's not just one way. It's whatever works for you. But finding that balance and finding that middle line where I can love myself as I am right now. And I know that, you know, I might not be where I want to be, but I, I love myself right now where I am. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really positive message, you know, for people to take on board, because I think, like we've said about the kind of comparison or people who will, um, obsess about losing weight and looking a particular way and uh, you mentioned this just before we sort of came on the call that idea of when I am when I look like that when I've lost weight then my life's going to start and it's going to be amazing and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be all of this so what's your experience uh, with the clients you work with with that experience around that idea of when I get to that point everything's going to be perfect I really like encourage them to I tr like practice gratitude for right now. Like that is my number one thing is practicing gratitude. I actually have my first gratitude journal from 2012, which seems so long ago and just changing everything, every little aspect of your life to gratitude. It just changes the outlook because again, mm -hmm. maybe you're not where you want to be right now, but you can be so grateful for where you are. If you look back a year from now, you are probably going through some really heavy things and you've grown in just this past year and you can 
acknowledge yourself for that growth. And something I do touch on with my clients as well is, you know, if you reflect back to that most difficult time of your life, the time where you were on the floor crying, um, you didn't think you were going to make it out, something so traumatic happened to you, whatever that looks like for you. I know 100% if you looked back, you can see something that you, you can be grateful for. Maybe that's the strength that you've gotten or maybe a new outlook on life. Maybe you've found yourself. There is just, there is something that you can gain from that most difficult time in your life. Mm, absolutely. And gratitude is something that I've started um, putting into my life, into my daily routine as well. Um, and it's, I think, such a powerful little tool for shifting your mindset and just completely changing your outlook on life. And I suppose in, if you're not doing that work to change your mindset, then even if you reach that point that you were, you know, that you're working to on a diet or with fitness, you haven't actually changed what's inside. And if you're not happy with who you are, then that's not going to change even if you change the external. Yeah. And I see this a lot of times again too is women get I mean, women and men they get so hung up on their body and their body image and what it is they look like but they oftentimes forget that you know you don't love your best friend because of their body or the size of their pants or what they weigh like you are not a number you're not a size like people love you because you're kind you're compassionate you're funny like people love you for your personality and all of that is inside all of that is inside of none of that has to do with what you, what you look like. Yeah, what you look like is the first thing people see. So it's kind of hard to get past that because we're so we're so used to just seeing a person physically first and then not really getting to know them a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And I think what I found with my own sort of um my own acceptance of my body and my own sort of fitness and um and health journey when I was in a place of sort of self-hatred is probably a fair term of where I was and you know that kind of needing to do stuff actually I couldn't make any lasting changes because actually I was doing it from such a negative viewpoint and it wasn't until I shifted to seeing it as something I was doing um, because I felt worth doing it and nurturing myself and looking after myself that I've actually been able to make positive changes and stick with them I don't know if that's something that you found in your own you know practice and with your clients yeah I love that because yeah, I definitely love exactly what you said. A lot of people, you know, think that they're going to the gym and they have to go on a diet because they hate themselves. But when you do that and when you like it doesn't last, you're doing it out of resentment and because you feel like you need to. When you come from that self that love that place of self-love, like you're doing it because you get to. You're doing it because mm -hmm. you love yourself. You, you're doing it because you actually care about yourself and your health. And, you know, you can even take yourself out of it if you have to. And maybe you're doing it for your kids, your husband, because you're focusing on yourself right now. That's going to seep into every other area of your life simply because you took that time to focus on yourself, fill your own cup up first. So definitely, if anyone is truly struggling and feeling like, man, it's Friday. I don't want to go to the gym. I hate going to the gym. Like find something you love. It doesn't have to look like that traditional sense of going to the gym. It doesn't have to be cardio. It doesn't have to be lifting weights. It doesn't have to be CrossFit. Like find whatever it is that you like, because at the end of the day, you need to be consistent and you have to like it and it has to be enjoyable or else you're never, you're not going to keep at it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it was finding something that I really enjoyed, which actually is CrossFit. Apart from running, it's not my friend. So anytime there's running, <laughs> that I, I tolerate because that's part of it. But lifting weight, I love. And actually, what I find um, I try and focus on is not thinking about how I look so much, although I think that still happens occasionally. You still you know, have those moments. But I think about what my body can do and seeing that progress in terms of what I'm working on um and yeah the running even that I've (laughs) had some progress with I just find I mean it's not my favorite and I have asthma so running and burpees just a killer but you know even that within the whole thing joy the experience that's, that's so inspiring also is knowing that one maybe that's not your thing maybe you're not good at it maybe it's a little bit difficult but because you enjoy other aspects of it, you're actually challenging yourself. You're pushing past that comfort zone because, you know, you are getting something out of it and you're finding that gratitude in your journey and what it is that you're actually doing. And you're actually seeing that progress and it's making you feel good. Yeah. And I, I find if I found all of it really difficult, it probably would be really hard to stick to, but I can lift heavy weights. I'm really strong in that way. So I have that, you know, success in that area. And so then I sort of, you know, can tell myself, well, I can lift a really heavy weight. And actually when I go up to a bar, even if it's really heavy, my mindset is like, yeah, I can do this or I can give it a go. But with running, my mindset has always been, I can't run. And so that's something I've been working on going, well, that's not true, is it? Let's give it a go. It might be difficult, but it is definitely possible. I just find that yes. an interesting mindset. I, oh man, such a good topics. I love what you said too, is <laughs> acknowledging that what you're telling yourself that you're not a good, that's a story. You're, yeah. you are unable to acknowledge that that's a story and that's not true. And our language is so incredibly important all of the time, no matter what it's about, because you could believe that story and you could be like, I'm not, I'm not a runner. I'm not going to do it but that would have stopped you from making all this progress. So it's truly about getting honest with ourselves and challenging these beliefs and these patterns that we've done our entire life. A lot of women are stuck in their story of I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm unhealthy, I can't do this, I don't have time, I don't have the money, I don't have the like they have all of these stories that they're crap like grasping onto and all they have to do is really challenge that belief and actually see how much they're actually capable of doing once they just decide mm-hmm. yeah and I um I read a book got a, a year or so ago um I can't remember what it's called but it was about fat and this idea that in a way sometimes it's like um a security blanket so that we kind of think we want to change we feel like we want to change but subconsciously there's some reason that we're kind of hanging on to it um and not not wanting to let go and until we do that deeper work then yeah, you're just not making any progress because there is some purpose that it's serving for you. And yeah, that's something that we always want to hold on to and cling to is because it's what's comfortable to us. It brings us this sense of comfortable bliss that we know we know how to maneuver it. We know how to go about life. We know how to deal with it. We know how to handle it. However, do you want to stay in that feeling of being uncomfortable because you're not happy with yourself right now. You're just kind of making excuses as to why you are, or do you want to work past that and feel that uncomfortableness and see what you're actually capable of doing? And just something else that I would love to say too, is 
we love to self-sabotage ourselves mm-hmm. 100% all of the time. Um, I've had clients come to me, thankfully, like when we're in this process and they're like, Mackenzie, I feel like I just want to self-sabotage myself because they're actually seeing progress. They see mm-hmm. their progress. They see things changing and it makes them feel uncomfortable because they don't know how to handle it. And not only mm-hmm. that, but other people are seeing it too. So they feel uncomfortable because they're actually being seen. They're actually doing something for themselves and it's showing. It can be so uncomfortable and something so new. Like it can be uncomfortable to have the light shown on you sometimes. And I think that change, even if it is positive change, is still unsettling, isn't it? Because it's still, in, if you've been a certain way or felt a certain way for however long and suddenly you're shifting the way people see you, is shifting because like you said, the first thing people see is how you look. And so there are social things around that. There are, you know, ways that people react to you and how you feel about yourself. And yeah, I think even the best change is still, yeah, unsettling, uh, uncomfortable, like you say. And it is really sad because people oftentimes make comments and start conversations around other people's bodies. And that does not sit well with me. Like my body is not something that should be a conversation starter. You shouldn't say, oh, hey, you look great. Oh, hey, have you lost weight? I'm not really sure where that started or why it's been deemed a positive thing because I lost, when going through my divorce, I lost seven pounds in a week. I'm 5'2". I didn't have seven pounds to lose. And people would approach me and be like, oh, you look good. You lost like whatever the case is, whatever they said, like subconsciously, I could think, oh, wow, they must like me when I'm smaller. Mm -hmm. Like, thankfully, this actually just happened probably three months ago. I had, I don't know, I was going through a time in my life and I, I wasn't really thinking anything of it, but someone came up to me and was like, oh, you look great. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, well, like, why are you, one, why are you telling me this? When I go through things, I oftentimes, obviously, a lot of people can sometimes just like forget to eat or don't want to eat as much or whatever the case is because we're dealing with so much emotionally or mentally. And I'm like, this is not something that you should be even making a comment about. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I think um, that takes us kind of nicely um, into that sort of emotional eating or not eating. And I find that really interesting because I think I'm the sort of opposite. So if I'm I've sort of started to recognize my own sort of triggers, if you like, around emotional eating. So if I've got low mood, I quite often will come for eat. If I'm feeling really overwhelmed or kind of numb or, um, yeah, I've sort of had so much sensory overload, then sometimes I crave that kind of sugar hit, I think, to sort of take my energy up. And so I'm the opposite. I'm much more of a comfort eater. And I find that interesting that we deal with anxiety or low mood in different ways that some people will turn to food and some people will like you say forget to eat or won't feel hungry yeah and that's something that's so common and happens to so many people every single day we have so much going on with work with our career with friends family our health our goals like there is so much going on with ourselves that we've also just became accustomed to emotionally eat and that can be stress eating that can lead you to binge eating everyone has different triggers and it does look completely different. Like some people, you know, stress eat. Some people eat when they're sad or lonely. Other people can binge eat or overeat when they're happy. Like 
there is no, again, there is no one way. It's not what works for you will work for someone else. And that's just something that really needs to be taken away as well, because there is so much stuff readily available online. However, you can only take that with a grain of salt. There Mm -hmm. is not one way that's going to work. It's truly figuring out what works for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all about knowing yourself and knowing what works for you. The same with the, um, if you're wanting to have some kind of fitness in your life, thinking about what works for you, not the, I should go to the gym because that's what it looks like. It's maybe you like to go hiking and you want to be outside. One thing I love, um, and I can't really do it at the moment because of the weather and the season change, is wild swimming. And I find that that is so good. I mean, to be honest, it's probably more for my head than it is for my body because we just have a really chilled swim. It's cold, um, but it's so it's such a mood boost. It's it really makes you feel centered. It makes you feel kind of peaceful, mindful, all of that kind of good stuff. And and that's completely different to being in a gym or to you know running. And it's I think you have to try lots and lots of things to figure out what works for you and to recognize when you're slipping back into your own patterns of emotional eating or the the things that you're saying to yourself so that you can recognize it and actually have some type of control air quotes control over you know what's going on (laughs) yeah and that can be a really difficult thing especially in the health and wellness space because people want that plan people want other people to say do x y and z this other thing will happen. Like this is this is the way. This is the path. This is the plan. Do this. Do what I say, and then you'll achieve what you want. However, more often times than not, things are contradicting each other. And another, th- like I mentioned this before, the emotional mental piece doesn't come into that as well. If you have anxiety and stuff around food, the holidays are coming up. You're going to be around food all day long, and internally, you're going to suffer. You're going to struggle, and maybe you might be able to white knuckle your way through it. But at the end of the day, what are the odds that you're going to go binge eat because it was just too overwhelming for you? You have to, you know, decompress a little bit. Yeah. So the holidays are coming up and you're going to be around food all day long, probably multiple days in a row. And you're going to be struggling internally having all of that food readily available to you. And you might be able to white knuckle your way through that through the day, even though you're feeling so much stress and anxiety internally that I mean, how long, how much can you actually take before that night you are going to end up binge eating or emotionally eating because you just can't handle it? Mm, Yeah, I I think you quite often get in that run up to the holidays and then particularly afterwards, people that are going to the gym, the gym's packed, everyone's on that, you know, I must lose the weight that I've put on or, you know, that kind of fitness kick. And again, like we said, it's not coming from a place of valuing yourself. It's coming from a place that's sort of beating yourself up over you know what you did over the festive period yeah and I think honestly so much can change if you just change the way you look at what you're doing on a consistent basis are you being intentional about the food you're eating and the activity that you're doing Um, because chances are if you're at the bottom of the bag of potato chips or the whole sleeve of cookies you're probably not being intentional about that Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the goal should be that you want to be healthy. You want to be healthy and happy. And again, it doesn't have to be 100% perfect because oftentimes it's not going to be. And just speaking back to like the cookies, you can have a couple cookies. That's not going to make or break you. However, the second you tell yourself that you can't have any cookies, 
which is being 100% on plan. What everyone tells you you should do is not eat the cookies. Mm. If you have two cookies, you can just enjoy the two cookies and move on. But the second someone tells you no cookies, that's when you're going to eat the whole sleeve and you're just going to say F it and then completely binge eat till your stomach hurts. Mm -hmm. It's truly finding that balance and not aiming to be perfect, but just taking that 1%, that one step closer to where you ultimately want to be. Because at the end of the day, it's about your life. You should be living and it's not an eight week plan or a 12 week plan. You need to set yourself up for a life that you can actually live and enjoy 365. Absolutely. And I think that thing with if you're not allowed something and then if you have it, then I think quite often it's then like, well, I've ruined my diet now, so I might as well just <laughs> not do it. And I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Like you say, get into that binging because it's that very all or nothing, isn't it? And And I think, I mean, I eat cake if I want it and I try and think about why do I want it? Am I doing it because I'm bored or for the emotional reason? Or is it actually, um, you know, I've met a friend and we're out and it's a really nice experience and I'm going to eat the cake and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm not going to punish myself for it and trying to be mindful and yeah, kind of tap into how I'm feeling and not just do it because of all these other reasons that we've talked about. I love, I love that. Um, and that's something that we've gotten so far away from is not knowing why we are eating or if we're even hungry, why are we eating? Like we've gotten so far off track of that. Um, And we also, if food's there, we think we have to eat it. Like there's been a lot of times where like there's food on the counter at someone's house or you're going to a potluck and there's so much food. We feel like we need to eat it even though we might not even be hungry. Mm. So it's really, you know, taking that back and being in tune with yourself and, you know, am I hungry right now? Is that even what I really want? Or is it, am I emotionally eating? What's going on right now? What, you know, answering these questions and truly being your own scientist. Yeah, I love that idea of being being your own scientist. And that's something that I sort of talk about a lot, this idea of of treating life like an experiment and just trying stuff out and seeing what works and what doesn't and kind of adapting and learning from that. And I just want to say about that kind of um, why you're eating and stuff on um, on the side. So I got some green and black chocolate. I don't know if you have that in the States. It's very nice chocolate, basically. And uh, they do a selection pack of all the different flavors. And I got some last year for my birthday from a friend. And I still have some of the bars in like a mug on top of my microwave because they're there. I could eat them if I want, but I just haven't really wanted to. And I think that's quite a powerful change um, because before I probably would have eaten them all like straight away or at least within the year that I got them and they're, they're just there and I can eat them if I want, but I don't really want to. So Yeah, and you're acknowledging that that's a treat, that's something you know special to you and it's more deeper than just some chocolate. Yeah. A lot of the times people you know, they can't have certain things in their house because that's a trigger food for them. They know that if they even have like one slice, one bite, it's game over and they can no longer control themselves. And again, that's like something internal that you have to work through and work with because there's oftentimes a story or even just your societal pattern that you've just grown up in. And that's just some work that needs to be done. Yeah. There was something else, but I lost it. (laughs) Was it about the experimental stuff, kind of mm. trying stuff out? I wonder, um, 
I don't know if this was the same for you when you were growing up, but I know when we were growing up quite often, you know, um, after you'd had dinner or if you'd had a good day, you could have some chocolate as a treat or go to the fridge for, for something as a treat. And so that idea of, yeah, when you've been good or when you've had a bad day or whatever, it's that reinforcing that chocolate in particular is is the go-to thing and I wonder how much is that kind of ingrained pattern of I'm feeling bad I'm going to have chocolate or I've had a good day I'm going to have chocolate yeah so that looks you know like what it is to be brought up in our time whereas our parents and maybe even our grandparents they had to clean their plate they had to Mm -hmm. clean their plate before they left the table and that's even if they were full already so that already triggers something different inside of them because they think they need to clean their plate. Even if they're already full, they don't want it because they don't want to waste the food. So that's just some patterning that needs to be changed and challenged because just because you've been doing it one way your entire life, it doesn't mean that that's the best way. And there Mm -hmm. might actually be another way and it might actually even be better for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, We'll probably keep coming back to kind of nutrition and that kind of stuff. But I have some set questions I ask everyone. Uh, So the first one I have for you is what always boosts your mood? Because we are talking about nutrition, I can say that the foods that you eat can definitely boost your mood. Um, Making sure that you're eating whole nutritious items are obviously going to be more beneficial to you and obviously give you more energy, boost your mood, make you happier, all of that stuff. But in terms of just boosting your mood in general, I love so much. Um, I love like (laughs) dancing, Mm -hmm. like breaking out and just dancing and moving your body and, you know, allow yourself to be silly, allow it to be fun, dance truly like no one's watching because probably no one is. Mm -hmm. I think we, you know, when we're children, Uh, we can be quite silly and we can be quite free and something happens as we grow up and we become so self-conscious that even like dancing around in your kitchen which I love to do sometimes if I'm cooking I'm either listening to a podcast or having a dance around basically but even then I don't know we feel kind of awkward a little bit as an adult even if there isn't anyone around so um yeah I'm a big fan of the little (laughs) dance party I love talking about like inner child stuff so yeah Mm-hmm. it's it's incredible that's all I'll say or else we'll be in a whole nother tangent <laughs> that's fine so um with the the podcast and kind of the work that I do I've got two buzzwords really so one is joy and that's the sort of you know what boosts your mood kind of thing and the other is about meaning and having a meaningful life and that obviously looks different for everybody so what makes life meaningful for you I would have to say really challenging yourself to be your best self and loving yourself as you are. Because like I said before, if you focus on yourself and if you love yourself, everything in your life gets better. And I just want to also add the connections in your life. Because when, again, when you focus on yourself, you're going to have much deeper, much more amazing relationships and connections in your life. And ultimately that's what all humans want. We crave that connection with other people I mean, you and me right now, we're doing it right now. And in this moment, even though we're, you know, halfway across the world, we so crave this connection and just being comfortable with who you are and owning that because we only have one time here, unless you believe other stuff. (laughs) But you know, I think even if you believe other stuff that 
and you have other lives, you're not going to have this exact one at this exact time. So this one is the only time you're going to have this exact experience. So kind of make the most of it and live it to its full. Uh, So, and the connection thing, I think that is so important. And I think sometimes we get into that kind of vicious cycle where if we're not in a good place, we're feeling low. And I know I definitely do this. I shut myself away. So I'm taking myself even further away from that connection, which is something that actually would help at that moment. But we get into that cycle of I'm not feeling very social. I'm not feeling very good. I don't want to connect. And then we miss the connection. And yeah. And I mean, it goes back to how we were talking about social media as well, because because we can see what's going on in other people's lives behind our phones. That's just another reason or an excuse why you know, maybe you don't want to go out that night. Maybe you don't want to see that person. Maybe you don't want to pick up the phone and have, you know, a actual phone conversation. We, it's what is normal right now, but it's ultimately getting back to our deepest craving in our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my next question for you is, um, is well, I've got two, two parts to it. So um, what does mental wellness mean to you? And how do you look after your mental well-being? That's such a great question. I think mental well-being comes down to, again, like being happy. There is so many things going on in our lives every single day. And at the end of the day, like being happy with ourselves and where we're at, because if we're happy, there's no room for that stress. There's no room for that depression. If we are consciously making an effort to be love, show up as love, radiate that positivity and joy and happiness. Like that's what we're going to receive. And again, there's not going to be any room for those negative feelings if we're consciously making that effort. So some ways that I look after that is again, reading the books, listening to the podcast, making sure that I'm constantly being fed that information because that's ultimately where I want to go. And that's what I really want to serve as a foundation in my own life. And I suppose it's reinforcing that message, isn't it? If you're reading those positive things and if you've got things like the gratitude practice as well, because I think that's so powerful for having that positive outlook and being more optimistic and more joyful. Um, Yeah, all good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, And I mean, if you're constantly happy and laughing and loving life, like the people who are negative, they probably won't even want to be around you. So that's just cutting all of those people out as well when you're just focusing on you and living life to your fullest. Mm, Absolutely. So um, this one uh, is probably the hardest question that people have found. Um, So we'll see how you how you find it. So can you describe your mindset or your outlook on life? Oh, that is a great question. <laughs> Outlook on life. I really just, it takes it back to touching on, you know, we only have this one moment right now. Nothing else is promised. No one can tell what's going to happen five minutes from now, tomorrow, next week. And I would say my mindset or my outlook is how important it is to just be present right now, mm-hmm. like right now and in this moment and taking the most advantage that you can of, again, this moment, because this is truly all we have. Absolutely. And, you know, I think I definitely do this. I spend so much time in the past and in the future and they're abstract concepts. They don't actually exist. We only have this moment. 
So absolutely, we need to make the most of it and be in it. I think we've probably uh, given people some tips and things to think about as we've gone through. Um, (laughs) But I always ask if you've got between one and three tips or strategies that people can use, things that people can put in place right now that are going to have a massive impact in their life. Uh, First and foremost, we definitely talked about it. Gratitude journal. I can't stress it enough. Again, I started back in 2012 and every single day I'm writing down two to three things that I'm grateful for every single day. And it doesn't, sometimes it's not something extravagant. Sometimes it's the roof over my house or the warmth or, I mean, yesterday it snowed. So I was grateful that it snowed because I was giving, given this chance and this opportunity to see snow, to see mother nature do its thing. And I don't want to have those moments pass me by. Um, As for the second one, I would have to say to get moving. I, you know, it goes back to dancing or maybe some activity or exercise, going for a walk, trying out a new class, whatever you can do to get out of your mind and into your body. That's going to have such great effects on your overall quality of life because Being stuck in your mind is not a fun place to be sometimes. So being able to move and break it up and transfer that energy elsewhere, again, it's just going to truly transform your life. And I would say the third one is journaling. I love journaling. I journal about everything and anything. Um, I do a lot of future pacing and practicing gratitude in my journal practice. So Even if I'm not sure what I want to journal about for that day, because I do morning pages every single day, like I will start out like I am grateful for whether it's happened or not. Sometimes I'll say things that I don't even have yet, but it's just putting that into my mind that I am capable. It's just programming that for when it does come. I'm basically manifesting it. Yeah. All right. Manifestation. We could go into a whole (laughs) A whole other episode on <laughs> on that as well. Um, but yeah, I know I think that all of those are fantastic suggestions and things that I've found when I do those, you know, have a massive impact on how I'm feeling. Um, and I've found, so if I'm in the car and I'm not listening to a podcast, quite often I audio journal. So I'll just put the voice recorder on, on my phone and talk to myself. <laughs> and sometimes that can be really useful to sort of go over what I'm thinking about or sometimes I'll do to-do lists and that kind of stuff. And I just sort of just chat and I find that that's quite useful. Are you in human design at all? Yeah. Yes. I love human yeah. design. Yes. Are you a projector? I'm not. I'm a manifester. Oh, no. Okay. What are you? I'm a projector mm-hmm. and I was just going off of that audio journaling and mm-hmm talking to yourself. I'm also a self-projected projector. So I definitely need to hear myself before Mm -hmm. I can, you know, make any, all of that good stuff. Wow. We could go into so much stuff. We could. could. Do you know what human design is one of the things that everyone I tell about it, you know, I sort of rave about it to people. And then, you know, with friends, I'll be like, oh, we'll find out what you are and then sort of tell them a bit about it. And they're always like, wow, (laughs) that is so me. Yeah. It took me a while to get into it and understand it but now I mean yeah I totally resonate with being a projector and can totally see how that comes up in my life I'm also trying to get more into the astrology aspect but also like the gates 
the gates mm-hmm. and all my channels because I'm very open. My design's very open. Oh, really? I've got um, a fair few open ones, um, a couple of closed. And so I've been, I've got a great book um, and that sort of walks you through all of it. So I've really been trying to understand it a bit more. Um, yeah. And my yeah, astrology. The, my, the only, sorry? Yeah. The only two that are defined are my anja and my throat. So okay. it's just literally right here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think this is defined at all in me. So, yeah, mine's uh, possibly hearts, definitely spleen. That's my authority. Um, And then actually, do you know what? Reading about that was so transformative because it just completely explained how I am. And, you know, I find quite often I'm like, oh, well, I should do things this way or why. If I'm somewhere new, I'm hyper vigilant. I'm always sort of scanning the room and get quite anxious and actually that is all to do with the spleen the spleenic authority and how it operates so I just found that really interesting and sort of validating in a way to read it and be like oh that's why I do it yeah what really stuck out to me was since projectors are non-energy type it really that combined with me getting attuned to Reiki I'm level one Reiki so Mm -hmm. Both of those aspects have just made me much more aware and much more conscious of my energy and how important it is to actually be around other people so I can pick up on the energy that they have. Otherwise, I'd be sleeping all day. <laughs> Do you know, one of my favorite things I read about manifestors was about napping. And I honestly read it as I was just about to have a nap. <laughs> just like, oh, nice. Uh, maybe that's true. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we could definitely talk about human design all day. <laughs> um, so um, how can people connect with you if they want to find out more about what you're doing or any of the programs that you offer? Definitely on Instagram. I'm on there all the time. And my name's Mackenzie underscore Costly, M-A-K-E-N-Z-I-E underscore C-O-S-T-L-E-Y. I kind of have a difficult name. Um, but also... <laughs> I do have some free resources that you can go grab as well. I have a 22-page guide, and then I just dropped a five-day mini course to five days to self-acceptance, and that's all about loving your body as you are and really accepting yourself and finally feeling at home in your body, and all of that stuff can be found at mackenziecostley.com slash resources. Amazing, and we can put some links in the show notes so that people uh, know where to find you. Um yeah, I think the the work that you're doing and your messages around that you know self acceptance and freedom from diet from dieting and being confident in your skin is so needed. And my background before coaching is in education, and I think it's for young people the messages they're getting. I just think it's such valuable work that you're doing. So just wanted to share that. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Of course, thank you so much. I've had so much fun. Yes. And I don't know if you have anything else that you want to share, anything else you want to sort of get out there. No, just love yourself as you are now so you can actually live your life and focus on things that actually matter. Amazing. And I think that's just a perfect place to end things. So thank you so much and have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Oh, so how good was that episode? Um, and as I said at the beginning, I came away from recording this episode feeling really inspired to, yeah, look at my own attitude towards food, to think about nurturing myself, all that kind of stuff. I'm recording this actually opening the fridge, um, but that is for the pop-up, uh, not for me. 
actually partly for me because I'm going to make a cup of coffee now um but yeah thank you again to Mackenzie for coming on the podcast um it was a really really enjoyable chat we talked about obviously nutrition but lots of other stuff like that kind of sense of connection gratitude and as I said I found it a really inspiring discussion and have already taken things away from it and I really hope that you feel the same and um, in the show notes we'll put a link to Mackenzie's contact details so you can get in touch with her you can follow her on social media and find out more about what she's doing so next week um, I'll be sat down with Anna Marie Watson who is a performance coach and ultra runner um, and so that's really um, we've already recorded the talk and that was another really really um, another really interesting and really enjoyable discussion so I'm really excited to share that with you next week so we've in the past couple of weeks talked about mindset we've talked about nutrition we've talked about being active gratitude we've got some great topics coming up as well we're going to be talking about assertiveness resilience um loneliness um yeah some some really interesting topics already in the works um but this is just a little bit of a shout out um if there are any topics you particularly want us to cover anything that you're finding challenging at the moment anything you're particularly interested in anything you're not sure about you'd like to understand further then yeah please let us know you can drop me an email at hannah at psyche.co.uk p-s-y-k-h-e and hannah i'm a palindrome so with a h at the end as well um because you know this is i mean i love recording the podcast so you know it's quite selfish in that way but you know this is for you it's something that we want to be informative inspirational and empowering so yeah please let us know if there's things that you want us to talk about you know suggest potential guests if you want to come on the podcast as well because you know I recorded the episode with my sister I want to record more episodes with my family and friends because yeah I think we've all got interesting experiences and insights that we can share with people so you know maybe you've had your own mindset journey maybe you have something really you're passionate about in the kind of mental well-being general well-being field maybe you just want to come on the podcast and have a bit of a chat as uh, so <laughs> drop us an email um yeah with your ideas suggestions all that kind of stuff we love hearing from you love having you involved in the podcast so drop us a line uh, connect with us on social media and yeah also you can join us in the psyche coaching group on facebook as i've said this is something that's quite new quite lonely at the moment um it's not the most jazzy of names so you know I don't know suggest names can you think of anything maybe you're really creative with names you can think of something that's kind of mindset or well-being related that you know has that kind of um yeah I don't know just sounds fun um at the moment psyche coaching group it says what it does (laughs) but yeah connect with us on there um my favorite podcasts all have this real sense of community and connection and that's definitely something that we're wanting to build here with this podcast so connect with us on social media get in touch with us get involved 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with your family and friends or anyone that you think would benefit from it. And please rate and review wherever you've downloaded it from so it can reach more people. We hope you have an awesome week and we're looking forward to chatting to you again next week. Bye.